You will treat all Marines with the highest level of respect, for we have earned our place as Marines and will accept nothing less than that from you! This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. What is going on, my crayon eaters out there? Welcome to the Jarhead Podcast Live. This is our first time to go live with this particular podcast. Typically, we have guests on and we record them, pre-record them, put them out as podcasts. But I thought we'd do something a little bit different. We are live on YouTube. If you're out there, go ahead and say something. We don't know if you're out there unless you do. If you're new to the channel, new to this podcast, then let us know that you're new. If you're a veteran or active duty in the military, let us know um, where you are, what you served, all of that good stuff. And uh, thank you, everyone who has or is serving. little background on the Jarhead podcast. We started this uh, earlier in the year to really spotlight military. And, yes, it's called a Jarhead podcast, but it's not just about Marines. We've had SEALs on there. We've had Rangers. We've had all sorts of people um, on the show, on the podcast. And it's just a spotlight military people. So, um, that's kind of what we do with this podcast. And basically what's happened is over the last year or so, I've gotten a lot of comments or emails and different questions that were sent in. And instead of recording a video, uh, a podcast, answering those questions, I said, well, hell, let's just do it live and uh, answer some of the questions that we've gotten. If you have, uh, questions out there, um, obviously, um, ask them and, and we'll answer them to the best of our ability. Uh, if you're out there and you're in that, if you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you are a veteran um, and you're in that dark hole and, and you can't seem to find your way out and you're wondering if there's still a light out there, first of all, please call me, text me, email me 24-7. I can't give you medical advice, but I could probably be a pretty decent ear, talk you through some stuff, at least be a good listener. If you are looking for someone or some way to get towards medical advice, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help. Two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So, please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. The Veteran Crisis Hotline. Veterans press the number one. Like I said, we're going to have some fun for about an hour or so and, and have a good time and talk military stuff. This is not necessarily about firearms or anything like that. We can get into those if you want. This is more uh, military stuff. So if you've got military questions, uh, if you, you've served, you can tell some stories. If you're thinking about joining the military and you have questions, ask away. Ask away. I've been out for quite a while, but... Um, I'm still pretty much in tune with a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, we can probably answer that. Uh, let's see who's out there. We got um, Vibert, Randy, William, Casimpiro 1.1. That's a hell of a name right there. He said hello earlier. What's up? Ozzy's out there. He says bark. I said boo back to him. 
Keith Gregory, one of our favorite squids out there. He's out there. TJ's out there. G-Webs. G-Webs is out there. Uh, Army guy. Mr. F&H, Defense Dad, G23, Pat Hirsch. Uh, like I said, I know it's kind of a strange thing. We've never done a Jarhead podcast live. Um, but like I said, we, we've been getting some questions. That I thought it'd be fun to do it live. If you guys have any questions for me or about the military or anything like that, this is the podcast to do that. This is more um, military-based conversation. So um, let's see here. Tennessee Tactical says, I finally caught a live. Uh, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Like I said, this is not the Armed Citizen podcast. This is the Jarhead. But, hey, live is live, and we can talk. We can talk whatever you want, but I thought we'd we do this live. Like I said, uh, I've got some questions that people have asked. So um, we can kind of jump over um, and ask some of these answer some of these questions we've had over time. And all of that. A lot of them were about training and stuff like that. Um, so if you guys want to, like I said, throw your questions out there, we're more than happy to answer those questions. Uh, I want to start out with, since we don't have any questions out there yet, we're going to start out with some of the questions we received in the last year or so and start answering some of these. The first one was like, uh, um, what happens after boot camp? And I, I'm assuming they're talking about training and all of that stuff. George Washington. General Washington's out there. What's up, homie? Um, um, he said, Tennessee Tactical says, are you struggling finding ammo for training? It's getting a lot better. Prices are coming down. I can't find any 6.5 Creed. Uh, that's for my competition shooting. Can't find any of it anywhere. And if I do, it's crazy, crazy. Um, like over like $3 a round type craziness for 6.5 Creed, which is stupid, but it is what it is. But uh, anyways, so the first question we had was what happens after boot camp? So um, after boot camp, now I don't know um, what it is now, but I'm assuming it's probably the same. After boot camp, we got here's either a week or 10 days. I can't remember. It was uh, it was like a week to 10 days off after boot camp or the, the 13 weeks of hell that is uh, Marine Corps boot camp. But um, yeah, so we, we went through the... Um, Boot camp, we got a week or 10 days off. I want to say it was 10. I think it was 10. It might have been a week, but I think it was 10 days off. And then um, we go to either two, one of two schools. It's either School of Infantry or Marine Combat Training. And they're both about a month long, three weeks to a month long. School of Infantry is for infantry people whose MOS was going to be an 0311 or 03 whatever, but probably 0311 at that point. And they're going to be designated straight up infantry. Um, they went to the school of infantry and they did all that stuff for that, that month long. Anyone and everyone else in the Marine Corps, no matter what your MOS was at the time, if you weren't going to be an 03, you went to MCT, which is Marine Combat Training. Once again, you spent that three weeks or a month, whatever. I think it was there about a month um out there but you, at this point you're marines so you 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 know you're not recruits anymore you, you've got a rank and you're a marine um and, and they you do combat training um and it's basically you know you that you learn you shoot different weapon systems like the 50 the ms when i was in the 50 the m60 the the saw was i think it was a 240 bravo mark 19 all of those weapon systems at least familiarize yourself with them uh, you did a lot of navigation, night navigation, 
a lot of hand-to-hand uh, stuff, all of the stuff. Uh, and then you start really talking about team movements and fire teams, um, which is how we 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 do a lot of it in four four man fire teams. So uh, you learn team movements, team communications, all of that stuff, and it's the basic knowledge of of combat training for the Marine Corps. And obviously, you learn more and more and more as you go. But uh, like I said, you either went to uh, School of Infantry or MCT, which is Marine Combat Training. I went to Marine Combat Training. I was not an O3. Uh, I was not infantry. So, um, yeah, you just learn all that stuff. You do night nav. You do all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, I mean, repelling, um, all sorts of stuff. But a lot of it is just now teaching you the basics of team movements. And a lot of it was really a lot about team movements. So it was really cool. Um, so yeah, so that was after boot camp, and then after uh combat training, then you go to your school, wherever that may be, your MOS. Um, you went to your school, and then after your school, however long that was, then you go to your first uh duty station. And my first duty station was in Okinawa, Japan. I was lucky. I um I mean, I guess I was lucky. I don't know, some people say I wasn't lucky, but I finished high enough in my class. I think it's like number two or three in my class. Anyways, we got to uh, choose duty stations. And I was, at the time, I was 19 years old. And I remembered saying, you know, I, I didn't want to go to Lejeune. I wanted to get, I went to my schools on the East Coast and I wanted to get away from the East Coast. I either wanted to go to Pendleton out in West Coast or over to Okinawa. Um, I really wanted to go to Okinawa just because I figured if I'm going to do this, then I'm let's go all the way and um, I'm going to have them pay me to go to Okinawa, Japan. I figured I'd never go to Japan on my own in my lifetime. So I might as well go be, get paid for it. See some cool stuff over there, learn a new culture. Luckily I went cause I met my wife and, and ended up having obviously my daughter. So uh, that worked out well for me. Um, but yeah, we, uh, Spent some time over in Japan, spent some time over there, and really was only in Japan for about half the time. We were doing other things in, in other places and then came back over to Pendleton after that, over to First Rig. I was in Third Rig over there and up in Camp Hansen, and then came back to First Rig and all of that. So, uh, Mandatory Carry's out there. Mandatory Carry, he's a Coastie. So, what's up, Coastie? Um, you know, it, I'm not going to bash on anyone, I might bash a little bit on the Air Force. Um, if you say you're Air Force, that's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, if, like I said, if you're out there, if you're active or if you're a veteran, let us know um, what branch and all that. And I uh, thank you for your service. If you're out there and you're thinking about um, joining the military, ask those questions. Like this is a kind of a question and answer thing. So I've got some questions that were asked of me. But if you guys have questions, by all means, that's what this is for. I decided to go live with it instead of doing it as a, a pre-recorded podcast. Never gone live with a Jarhead podcast, so uh, having fun with it. But yeah, ask those questions. Like I said, if you're a active duty or a veteran, let us know what branch and all that stuff. Um, so Mandatory Carry says uh, he's still two minutes behind. Fun fact, U.S. Coast Guard PSU goes to a two-week version of the non-infantry Marine School. So there you go. Um, yeah, we... Um, Midnight says, I'm ready to hear some bashing of people. I'm going to bash you, uh, Chef Boyardee over there. Um, no, um, we, we did a lot of training with different people. Matter of fact, 
when I was over in Japan, we went over to um, mainland Japan after coming back from some couple places, and I had to go through SEER school, and that survive, evade, uh, it's S-E-R-E, but it's a survival school, survive, evade, resist, and escape, and uh, survival school and all of that stuff, and uh, we had some uh, rangers with us going through the school, our school with us. And we were a little nervous. I wasn't nervous. I was 19. I didn't know anything, but uh, we were, we were, we were interested because army and Marines don't typically get along a whole lot. But um, so we were, but man, they, they were awesome. They were, they were good to go. I mean, they were, they were, they were really, really good, really cool guys, worked hard and all of that. But uh, yeah, really, really good. And they invited our unit to ranger school down at Fort Benning. By the time that all happened, I had rotated back into the state, so I didn't get to go. I would have loved to have maybe. I think I would have loved to have gone through ranger school um, and gotten a, a ranger tab. That would have been really cool, but, uh, yeah, I didn't get to, but, uh, yeah, it's all good. Let's see here. Keith says, um, Keith says, my first duty station was Pearl Harbor. went to Yokosuka. Yokosuka, Japan, for a port visit. I'm pretty sure that's in mainland Japan, I'm assuming, because I've never heard of, of that. So that's probably over in mainland Japan. I was in Okinawa. Um, let's see here. And Mandatory Carry says, I am not a normal Coasty. No, sir, you are not. You are definitely not normal, Coasty. Uh, I love I love Mandatory Carry. Appreciate you. Um, Midnight says, Ghost Tactical can't threaten me with a good time. I bet you I could. Bet you I could. TJ out there, uh, TJ's got, uh, he's highlighted a different color, and you guys can see the different emojis and all that. He's a channel member. Thanks to TJ and all of my YouTube channel members and all of my Patreon supporters. Love you guys. Appreciate you uh, and all that. T uh, TJ says, my buddy Gunny with Warrior Misfits runs a toy drive. Gunny Ray Lanise toy drive. Our most vets big into around the holiday. He's a maniac with like 150 boxes in the area. Yeah. Uh, so the Marine Corps has Toys for Tots. That's been going on for a long, 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 long time. So Toys for Tots is a, a really big one. Um, and I talk about this all the time. You know, a lot of our warriors are overseas for the holidays. I spent uh, holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmases overseas and all that. And I know what it's like. It's it's. I don't want to say it sucks because you're still with family. It's, it's your military family, your friends, and they have a good time. They, they do a really good job keeping morale up around when you guys are overseas for the holidays and all that. But you're not around your family family, your blood family. And so there is a little bit of that that sucks. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I've been spending uh, sending care packages over to the uh, our guys and gals overseas downrange uh, for about a year now. And it's we've been able to spend about a thousand dollars combined the last year and each they say that each care package is about fifteen dollars so a thousand dollars goes a long way in a bunch of care packages. so thank you guys for all of that you guys helping out with super chats and all that but yeah it does suck being overseas um during the holidays but you make the best of it and and you um uh, you have fun you'll, you'll definitely have fun um I heard if you go to Ranger School, you have to drive a Ford Ranger. Well, then that's a I, 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 then I guess I probably would never go to. Although the new Rangers do look pretty sweet, I'm not gonna lie. We uh, but they're pretty good looking pickups. Matter of fact, there's a new one called the Ford Maverick, and saw one when we were in Tulsa at Wanamaker, and that's a it's a small, kind of like the old 
S10 size, um, you know, smaller than the Ranger. It's pretty pretty cool looking. It's it would be one of those cool ones to have if you're if I had a pickup. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Minotaur Carrie says fixed bayonet says she's listening. Right on, right on. Say hello to her for me. Uh, let's see here. Mad sexy says question. Let's say you have a friend or family joining the service when they decide to return home. What can a friend or family do to help ease the return? Now, if you're talking about returning home from being downrange, um, you know, in, in a combat situation, uh, there's a couple things. Um, I've had this discussion with a lot of people, and, and, and this is going to be a long-winded answer, so I, I apologize ahead of time, Mad, but um, for for guys that are guys and gals going down range um the biggest one of the bigger things that keeps people kind of going is a routine a ritual whether it's uh so people will kind of get this routine as much as they can they wake up they they get a workout or a run in have some breakfast usually it was a run breakfast workout uh do some training clean weapons whatever you had to do do your patrol your mission whatever that was get some chow uh, try maybe get another workout or a run in later on, hit the hay, uh, wake up and just do it over again. And what that does, that ritual, um, it, it, it kind of keeps things going to where time kind of stands still. Uh, and it kind of makes time go by a little faster if you're doing the same thing as much as you can, because you really don't know what missions and ops and, and patrols are going to be. But um, you're doing all this stuff. It, it makes time go by faster. Um so um, you do that. So time almost stands still during that six to nine months or however long, a year, whatever it is that you're gone. Unfortunately, back home, mom, dad, wife, husband, brother, sister, nephews, kids, time has not stood still. They're living life every day without you. And if you're married with kids, now your wife has to be mom and dad to the kids. And, and, and a lot of burden and a lot of that stuff is put on a lot of these spouses at home. Um, so you come home from all of this and you get some time off. Um, I would say this. So a lot of the problem is, is a lot of these guys, they see pretty horrific stuff. They have to do some horrific stuff sometimes, and, and, and they have different ways of coping with it. A lot of people ignore and override. Uh, kind of, I, I'm, I'm able to compartmentalize everything in my life and, and kind of shut down any emotions if I need to. Not everyone can do that, but they have their own way of dealing with it. A lot of time it comes down, they don't want to talk about it, Okay. Um, they don't want to talk about one because of maybe what they've seen or what they did. Who knows? Another thing is, is most people aren't going to understand. So it's easier just to maybe not talk about it. Right. Family members, friends, and all that, all they want to hear when you come back are the war stories. And that's the last thing that most of us want to talk about. Uh, but everyone wants to hear the stories, you know, what you do, did you jump out of planes or, you know, how many people did you kill or whatever the story may be. Um, that is what most people want to talk about. 
So I'll say this, man, to answer your question the long way around, give them some time, give them a few days or a week before you start asking all those questions. Uh, let them know from the very beginning, hey, I'm here if you want to talk about anything, if you need to decompress, take the time, be part of the family, be part of it. But I'm not, we're not going to ask you what happened, what you did and all that. When you're ready, please, if you want to talk to us about it, you can. Um, but I would say don't pressure them into talking about it because some people may not be ready to talk about it or they don't want to talk about it at all. Um, but I would say the best thing you can do is try to get them into the normal everyday life, whether it's waking the kids up, taking them to school, fixing lunches, picking them up from school, doing chores around the house, keep them busy, keep them doing something family oriented to where they now have another mission instead of just sitting around thinking, well, I mean, all this high speed stuff we've been doing and now we're not doing anything at home. Keep them involved. Don't pressure them. But, you know, hey, instead of saying, hey, any of you do this, say, hey, why don't you come with me? Go grocery shopping. It'd be cool to kind of hang out and talk and get out and, and and try to just incorporate them back into life. That's the best thing, Matt, that I could probably say is don't pressure them. Try to incorporate them back in life and let them know you're there to help, support, listen to whatever capacity they want. That's what I would probably say. So, um, yeah, long answer to a great question, by the way. Warsaw Patriot says, uh, Ghost, if you had to choose a pickup truck, what would you get, a Chevy Silverado or a Ram? Uh, if I was to get a pickup truck, I almost bought a Toyota Tacoma. I love Tacomas or uh, a Nissan Titan are pretty sweet as well. Um, I'm not a big Ram. I, of the American brands, I'd probably say a Ram. I'm not a big Chevy or Ford fan. Um, if it was an American brand, I'd get Ram. I'd either get a Toyota Tacoma, though, or a Nissan Titan if I got a pickup. That's that's what I would probably go with. Um the Ford Maverick was a car back in the day, and now they screwed it up. I don't know anything about it being a car. I just saw a pickup that said Maverick on the back, and I, I looked it up, and it's a, it's probably like the newer version of like the old S10, uh, smaller than the Ranger. It looked badass. Looked badass. Uh, Keith says, is that the only country you went to, Japan? No, I was stationed in Japan like I said, we weren't there. I was, I was there for a year. I was only actually probably in country for probably six months of those. Uh, spent some time over in mainland Japan for some training. So I technically I was still in Japan, but I was in Korea for a little bit and was in um, East Africa for a little bit. So yeah, I was, I was been a couple of places. Um, so yeah. Warsaw says David Goggins speaks on part of this in his book. Uh, as far as doing a cycle of training, yeah, Goggins is, dude, that, you can't get motivated listening to him talk, his energy and all that. And he, go check out David. He's pretty impressive. But, yeah, I mean, rituals and all that. Rituals are, are really a big deal. Uh, G-Web says Chevy, in his opinion. Uh, if I had to choose between Chevy and Ford, I'd probably choose Chevy. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, Bill L says, yes, Maverick was, I don't remember that. I'm 46, almost 47, 46 and a half, whatever you want to call it. I don't remember a, a Ford Maverick. I, I'm probably Google it here in a little bit and all that, but, uh, 
I don't remember the Mavericks, so I don't I don't know. Uh, Mad says, I learned when my dad got back from being an Army field medic, vanilla ice cream always calmed him down. Don't know but it, why it worked. Well, um, I, I, I don't know. I can guess that maybe uh, they had access to vanilla ice cream wherever he was. Um, and maybe that's just something that, you know, maybe that was something they got once a month or, you know, whatever, periodically that they got vanilla ice cream and maybe that just kind of calmed them down. I don't know. Maybe he just, maybe vanilla ice cream is magic. I don't know. I like vanilla ice cream too. Um, but yeah. Uh, Fix said, say Simper Fi, Simper Fidelis, Simper Fidelis. Um, <laughs> Midnight says Ghost only went to Japan to pick up chicks and eat tonkatsu. Love tonkatsu, and I picked up a chick. She's been married to me now for 25 years. Can you believe that? We had our 25th wedding anniversary earlier in this year. Um, so, yes, mission accomplished. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, G says, I can understand why Marines like Dodges, though. They are good trucks for sure. I, it has nothing to do with the Marine. I just, I like maybe the looks of a Dodge. To me, a Ford, Sil uh, was it a Ford F-150, a Chevy Silverado, whatever they are, they just look boring. I mean, I, I, I know it sounds weird. I know they're the probably work vehicles. Looks really shouldn't count, but they do count. Uh, Dodge Ram looks good to me. The, the, it's aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, but like I said, a, a Toyota Tacoma and a Nissan Titan, those things look really, really cool to me. So, uh, G23 says late seventies and early eighties was the Ford Maverick. Okay. Yeah. I was born in 75. So I was very, I was very young. So, um, yeah, I don't remember the, I don't remember the Ford Maverick. Don't remember that. Uh, I know from pictures and all of that. When I was very young, like, you know, a couple of years old, my family had a Ford Pinto. And looking back, I remember they used to have me sit in the back of it, right? Looking back on that, knowing what the Ford Pinto ended up happening was being exploding with a gas tank. Um, man, I dodged a lot of death as a kid, apparently. So it is what it is. Sart says vanilla ice cream is Rich's favorite. Uh Let's see here. G says he's always liked Chevys because they look like fleet vehicles. Yeah. And, and, and that sleeper, that, that gray man, you know, blend in and all that. Um, I, I get that. And not that I'm flashy by any means. I mean, I'm a pretty boring guy. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I get the idea of the gray man attitude and uh, blending in with your surroundings and not st standing out. So, yeah, like, like geez, the white, the white van kind of, it just kind of blends in. I, I get that for sure. And Chevy, they've got they make great cars. They great, you know, engines are good. I mean, every they're all good. For me, I guess it just comes down to aesthetics to a certain extent. Uh, extent. Bill L says 1969 to 1977 they were made. Um, Mad says 25 years. Wow, I've seen a photo of your wife on Facebook and Instagram, and she looks very young. Uh, she's actually 47 now. She just turned 47 a couple weeks ago. She's an older woman by about five months. So, yeah, she, she looks great. Uh, she looks great. She's a very beautiful woman. I'm very lucky to have her. Uh, Warsaw says, I got to ask, even though the Marines and sailors argue and give each other what would be the 
what would you say the Marines and sailors have a strong brotherhood working together as a family? No, um, no. I mean, it, it's, it's a real thing. I guess of all the other branches we put up with the, the, the sailors more, um, some of us got a chance to work with some seals and all of that stuff, um, for a little bit. Um, but like the Navy corpsmen, Navy corpsmen are Marines, in my opinion. Uh, they're freaking badass. Love those guys. Anyone ever says a bad word about a corpsman around a bunch of Marines, you're going to get, you're going to get hurt. Uh, corpsmen are the real deal. Um, a lot of it comes down to what we perceive the Navy as being undisciplined, um, overweight. And, and I'm sorry to Keith out there, but this, I'm just talking about the, the, the natural perception um marines take um how do i put this their physical fitness extremely seriously they take their appearance uh you know we we start impressed our camis every night spit shine boots every day to work uh, unless we were out training if we were like in garrison very highly pressed camis spit shine boots the haircuts everything it was it was we were very 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 particular about how we we looked um, I guess the idea is for being professional. And if you look better and, and you care about that kind of things, um, then maybe that, 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 but our perception of the Navy was lazy, overweight. Um, you know, it takes a special kind of a person to be on a boat for six to nine months at a time with a bunch of other dudes, just saying, you know, I'm just, uh, but no, I, I think that the, the, the friction between the Navy and Marine Corps is because they, they always feel like they're better than us because we're a part of the Navy. The Marine Corps is part of the department of the Navy. Uh, so we're kind of looked down as, is the uh, redhead stepchild um, of the Navy. But for us, it was like, you guys are undisciplined. You guys, blah, 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 blah. Um, yes. I will Ron Burgundy that anyone that uh, first of all, C4 defense. Thank you for this. Uh, the super chat. I do Ron Burgundy super chats. Whatever it says, I'll say. It says Midnight Rains TM looks like a possum's pecker. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, first of all, we don't ask. Thank you, C4. Appreciate you, Sarge. Um, we do not ask for, nor do we encourage super chats, but all of our super chat money goes to uh, sending care packages downrange for our troops uh, overseas. So especially this time of year uh, with the holidays coming up, Thank you so much for that. Hopefully we can get some stuff sent over there to where they can help lighten the, the load a little bit when they're overseas um, for for Christmas and all of that. So thank you very much, Sarge. I appreciate it. I don't even know what we were talking about. Oh, the Navy Marine Corps thing. Yeah, it's real. Like I said, ultimately, we're all under the same flag. We all took the oath. I'll I'll bash the Air Force a little bit, but if anyone try, else tries to, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's not going to be good for you if, if, if you didn't serve and you start bashing it. But the, the Navy Marine Corps friction is a real thing. Um, it is what it is, but yeah. Um, we're all one family. We're all under one flag. But it doesn't mean we have to like each other. You know, there's a lot of disgruntled families in this world, but when it comes down to it, the blood is is strict is thick. Same thing. We're gonna we're gonna fight, we're gonna make fun, we're going to um say nasty things about each other but when it comes time to, to it it's all good uh key says devil docs yep yep devil docs uh yeah you won't very few times will you ever ever hear a marine talk 
smack about a corman. If they're talking smack about a corn, that must have been a really bad corman and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> mandatory carry five dollars. Thank you, brother. Just don't read, just give it to the charities. I'm gonna read it anyway. I told you I'm gonna I Ron Burgundy these things, all right. I Ron Bur- oh my god. All right, so Midnight Range TM sends me a text. He says he received a picture. I don't. So he's talking about a super chat, but he hasn't sent it yet. But uh, I, I, I'm not going to say that until you actually send it. Uh, sorry, brother. Pretty good one, though. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty good one. Uh, let's see here. I thought I saw some other stuff. Um, let's see here. G23 says his best friend was a corpsman and now is an MP at Cherry Point. There you go. Awesome. Bill, 72 Marine here. A corpsman, I had their back. Yeah, Semper Fidel's brother. Um, yeah, corpsman, you're not going to find too many. Not going to find too many. Um Warsaw says, I've, I've seen a strong bond with people between Marines and U.S. Navy people like Travis Mannion and Brendan Looney, the U.S. Marine and U.S. Navy. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not saying that we hate the Navy. Uh, we're going to, until, I'll put you this way. This is arrogant. I get it. And we are a very arrogant breed. Um, anyone that knows anything about Marines, we are extremely arrogant. And that's okay. I really don't give a shit. Um, that's just how we are. They want us arrogant. They want us to be like that. They want us to be bulletproof. Legit. That's how they want us to be. Um, you're going to have to prove yourself to us, okay? Uh, and the SEALs, you know, you're talking about the SEALs. You're talking about Rangers and Berets and PJs and, and Corman. They're going to be able to prove themselves to be worthy of, of that. Most Marines are you, Most Marines are going to will tell you, you've got to prove yourself. And like I said, we, we are not hating anyone. We just, until you prove, then we believe that we're the best. And that's just the way it is. I know it sounds arrogant, and it is. We believe that we're the best until you prove us wrong. And so there is that friction between the other branches, but we're also quick to respect as well. Um, and, and I don't have to like you. And there's a lot of people in my life, in real life, that now that I don't like, but I respect and respect to me is much more important than whether or not you like someone or someone likes you. You don't have to like me. I hope maybe I've done something to earn your respect. And I'd rather you respect me than like me. And I'd rather, you know, respect someone than like them. We don't have to get along for respect to be there, right? So that's a big thing. Um, let's see here. Keith says, I know what they call a Marine with a 130 IQ, a platoon. That's a pretty good one. My IQ's way above that. Uh, Sarge says it's kind of like deputies and police. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not an LEO, and I would never even think about doing that. But that sounds like one of my good friends is the sheriff here. And I would say the county versus the city police versus state police. Yeah, they're all under one badge. They're all there to serve and protect and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I could probably see not having any LEO experience and all that. I could see where county sheriff, city police, state police are kind of like the differences of the different branches. We're ultimately we're all under one five. We all took that oath, but we are our own little thing, and it is what it is. So yeah, I, I would. 
for someone that doesn't have that, I would say, Sarge, that is probably um, probably a great analogy there. So um, let's see here. Pat says, how is Sophia? Is Bond getting stronger? Um, so Sophia is great. Uh, for people that don't know, Sophia is my long-range precision rifle, snipe, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a Bergara B14. The reason why I call it so I don't name guns. I'm not into that, but this one I had to, so it was just right there. It was too easy. As a matter of fact, Bergara as a company have kind of taken it and run with it, and they love it. Uh, they've we've been back and forth about maybe doing even a Sophia um, model of a rifle, which would be awesome. Uh, but anyways, the reason why I call it Sophia is that Sophia Vergara, the uh, actress, this company's name is called Bergara, so I call it Sophia Bergara. But yeah, Sophia and I, Sophia's got some facelifts, some upgrades, uh, you know, muzzle brakes, uh, different bipod, got some bags, got uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, yeah, Sophia's got a little bit of a facelift in the last couple months, but uh, I'm loving her, loving her very much. Pat, $5. Thank you, brother. Didn't even say anything. Man, that's your time. Like I said, I'll Ron Burgundy that damn shit. Uh, you had an opportunity to say what you want to say, but thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you, brother. All right, Sarge, here it comes. It is a trap, but he did pay, so I will say it. Uh, earlier, you guys saw what uh, Sarge said to Midnight Range. Midnight Range sends a shot across the bow, says C4 defenses mustache smells like Navy semen. So there you go. Um, and he thinks that he wins the internet. It's all good. Um, and now Sarge says, I believe everyone can afford a super chat. Well, uh, it is what it is. Sarge comes back and says, not even close. Not even close. I get it. Uh, good stuff. He's a good friends of mine. I love it. Uh, love it. Keep it going. Uh, Pat says, I'm good. Just drinking beer. Life is good. Life is good. Life is good. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I tell people all the time, it's as bad as you have it. If you've never been somewhere, and I've been some places where are the shithole of the earth, legitimately the shitholes of the earth. Um, unless you've been to one of these places or have experience with all that, on your worst day in this country, you will live like a king in some of the places around the world. So keep that in mind. As bad as you think you have it, always remember it could be a lot worse. And uh, we are still the best country in the world. Um, there are people that are living on the streets in America that have a better lifestyle than people in other places of this world. So remind, remember that every now and then. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Sarge says sheriff is better than police. I I'll, I'll take your word. I'm assuming that you, I mean, yeah, I know you're in that thing. So go for it. Uh, Gunpowder Jesse says, Sophie's a sexy little thing. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, and mandatory kids. War, a war in the chat. Okay, I'll grab my PFD. There you go. G23, thank you, brother. $10 super chat. He says, I truly believe Midnight Range Team and C4 Defense really need to get a room. I think so. I think so. Um, let's just make sure that it's not the room that Roe Call and Budget got on the way back from Tulsa back in April. Just saying. And from what I understand, the room that Sarge of them had over at uh, Eric's IV 88, 88, 88, 88, 88 shoot um, 
a month or two ago was pretty bad as well. Uh, let's see here. Have I ever worked with the U.S. Navy Riverines? I don't even know what a Riverine is, so probably not. Worked with some Seabees. Uh, worked with some SEALs. Did some training with some SEALs. But no, I don't even know what a Riverine is, so no idea. Uh, it might be a different name than what we've called it, but I have no idea what a Riverine is. Um, yeah, it is what it is. So uh, until I get some more questions and all that, let's go to another uh, and this was a great one. Um, this was saying, I, I've, I've decided to join the Marine Corps, and how can I prepare for boot camp? Um, <laughs> there's, there are ways to prepare for boot camp. Um, you really are never really ready for the absolute shock and awe of how boot camp goes, especially the first couple of weeks. It is crazy you won't sleep for a few days in a row the yelling the screaming the 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 agony that you are put through and all of that is to break you down to your barest form and builds you up the marine corps way they want to make you into uh, a world-class fighting machine but they've got to break you down get all of your civilian crap out of you and build you up the way they want you built up so mentally physically for me boot camp was easy and I know that sounds crazy, but boot camp was a, a breeze for me easily. I was a 300 PFT guy, um, which has had a perfect score. Um, boot camp physically was easy for me. Mentally was tough, not because I'm not mentally strong, but I'm a, and most people that know me know I'm a bit of a smart ass. Uh, I like to have a good time, but I have no problem mixing it up words wise. And I'm a, I'm a smart ass. That gets you killed in boot camp. Not necessarily literally, but it gets you pretty bad off in boot camp. Um, so my whole thing was keep my mouth shut, my head down, work hard. Just do what I need to do, get through this shit, and let's move on. So that was the hardest part for me of boot camp was just mentally keeping my mouth shut. Um, physically, for me, it was a breeze. If, if you're an athlete, um there, I mean, I'm not saying it was easy, but there are hard elements when you're going on a 15, 25 mile hump with a 60 pound pack, and I only weighed 120 pounds going into boot camp. Uh, you've got a 60 to 80 pound pack on your back up and down the hills of Mount Motherfucker of Camp Pendleton uh, for 10, 20 miles. It sucks. But um, the running, the obstacle course, and all that, it was easy for me uh, to prepare. Be in the best shape of your life, whatever that is. And, and trust me, if, if you're overweight, you're going to lose a ton of weight. If you're underweight, you're going to put weight on. Um, I was like 120, 125 pounds when I went into the Marine Corps, into boot camp. And um, so, yeah, I, I, they put some weight on me. Uh, we had a guy in our platoon. I want to say he lost like 40, almost 50 pounds. And literally, when we graduated, his family walked right by him after graduation, didn't even say hi, didn't even see him because they didn't recognize him. He had to like, hey, mom, dad, uh, he lost like 50 pounds. It was a completely different person. But what I would say is do this. Be in the best shape of your life when you go to boot camp. 
Um, make sure that you can run three miles without passing the fuck out. Um, make sure. So in the PFD, I don't know what it is now. When I was in, um, when I was in, um, a perfect PFT score was 20 pull-ups, 180 sit-ups in two minutes and three mile run under 18 minutes. Now to pass it, I think it was like the minimum was three pull-ups, like 50 sit-ups and a, like a 24 minute, three mile or something like that. Okay. Don't quote me on those numbers. But I was able to get a, a 300 PFT, which was I did all 20 pull-ups, 180 sit-ups in two minutes, and three-mile run under 18 minutes. So, uh, But be in the best shape of your life. At least be able to do the minimums before you get there. Be able to do like five pull-ups, uh, like 50 sit-ups, and run three miles in like 24 minutes. If you can do that, they'll get you to where you need to be. You might not be a perfect pft or but they'll get you to where you'll be. At least you'll be able to pass right off the bat. Um, be ready to uh, be sleep deprived. Understand that there is, well, there might be now, but when I was in, there was no sodas. There was no, um, you don't talk. You don't talk for 13 straight weeks unless you're asked to talk or you're told to talk. So don't go in there thinking you'll be having conversations and all that. It's you bust your ass and it's hard. It is hard i'm not gonna lie to you but if you go in with a mentality of you know it's gonna be hard you're gonna you know you're doing it for a reason you're pushing yourself you want to be the best person you can be and you're gonna go in there with the attitude of be the best like that's my whole goal was i want i wasn't the best at everything but my goal was whatever training cycle that we're doing whether it was the obstacle course the confidence course it was shooting the m16 qualification it was navigation it was whatever it was spit shining our boots at night i wanted to be the best and if you go in with that mentality you'll be successful okay um uh so mandatory carry says riverine is river patrol so like the like the swix um the swix were pretty cool uh you guys aren't familiar with swix they're the ones so um Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Warsaw says including Swick. Yeah. The Swicks are badass. Really, really cool. Swicks are really cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, Jesse says, Ghost, you a smart ass. No, I can never see you doing that. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sard says, Round is a shape. Yes. If you're going to be round, be the best round man you can be for sure. Uh, Buck, appreciate you, Buck. That's a good buddy of mine. Uh, let's help our troops. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you very much. Uh, Mantor Carey says, now I'm in the best shape of my life, and I never hurt this much before. Yeah, man, my knees are shot. I've had you know surgery. My back shot. Everything's shot. Um, I'm 40, almost 47. I'm in decent shape for a 47-year-old. I'm still pretty strong. I'm not what they call old man strong now. Um, I've got, I still got plenty of muscle. I've got a little bit of cushion on top of it. Um, but I'm, I'm still pretty strong for, for my age and my size, but I'm nowhere near the best shape of my life. Not even close, not even close, but I, I think that I'm in probably pretty decent shape for a, a 46 year old has been, we'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the point of boot camp is to train, improve, and evolve. Yes and no. 
Um, yes, it's all those things, but you also have to learn the history of the Marine Corps and whatever branch you're in, whether it's Air Force, you have to use to learn the history. You have to use uh, learn traditions. You have to learn teamwork. You have to learn self-respect. Um, you have to learn the knowledge of different things. So it, it, it is about evolving, but it's not just physically evolving. Uh, they don't just want you to be some, I mean, I, I know that, Marines get a bad thing of being just dumbass rocks. Um, I promise you that's not the case. I can play the dumbass role all you want. Uh, I can play the dumb Marine role, uh, but I'll end up owning your ass uh, when it's all said and done. So don't ever, don't ever think just because someone says they're Marine that they're stupid. It's, it's, that's probably not the case. Most Marines are, are pretty intelligent, actually. They're crazy, crazy, but probably very intelligent. Um, Jesse says 24 minute, three mile. I'm dead from the heart attack. You're running your ass off. So, and I don't know. Um, I don't know what the female Marines, what the female lip, uh, minimums and perfects. I, I don't know. I know that it's not what the guys are. So I don't think you have to worry about a, a 24 mile, 24 minute, three mile for, I, I might be like 27 or 28 or something. I, I don't know, but I know that there it's a little bit lighter standards. Um, and hell, I don't even know if the 24 thing is a standard for the men. I never came close to it. So I think the the worst run I had was like 19 minutes for three miles. Most of the time I got pretty close to that 18. And I, I did it most of the time I did an 18 minute. I got a, a perfect run. Um, but I never had to worry about that. I was, like I said, I was a pretty good athlete. So I don't, I don't exactly remember what it was, honestly. I really wish I did, but I don't know. Um, you gotta sing it. I gotta sing what? Uh, I'm reasonably sure 180 sit-ups in two minutes would smash the world record. No, my goal every time we did that was get get to a hundred. It might have been 150, but whatever it was, my goal was to get to a hundred sit-ups the first minute. Um so then I knew if I could get to about a hundred the first minute I could, cause I knew that I was going to be hurting, slowing down and all that. Um, let's see here. Uh, I can do that. Nineties Marine PFT standards. I'm sure they're different. Now they need to do crunches now, as a matter of fact. Um, so Yeah, they do crunches now, and they have to do. Um, in two thousand eight, it looks like I'm reading a PDF, but in two thousand eight, it looks like they changed some of the some of that. Uh, so. Trying to figure out what the standards are. Sorry, guys. Perfect PFT is 300 points. So as of 2021, uh, the 300 PFT is 20 pull-ups, 100 crunches in less than two minutes. And complete a three-mile run. Maybe it was 100. I don't remember. 
was it 100? Maybe I try to get to 50. Was it 80 sit-ups in two minutes? Shit, I don't remember. It might have been. You're right. You're right. Sorry. It might have been 80 sit-ups in two minutes. That probably sounds more realistic. So I remember, yeah, I wanted to get to 50 in the first minute so that I had the next minute to get the last 30. Guess what it was? 80 sit-ups in two minutes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, 80 sit-ups um, in two minutes. So, yeah, it would probably, 180 would probably smash the world record. Yeah, I think it was 80 sit-ups in two minutes. They're doing 100 crunches now in two minutes. So that's um, that's probably, yeah, that sounds about right. So it's probably 80 sit-ups in two minutes, and I try to get to 50 in the first minute. I think that's what it was. Yeah, so, yeah, you're probably right, Sarge. I am not very smart, apparently. It's also been a long fucking time. I got out in 1998. So uh, let's see. Mad Sexy says, so what's stopping you from being in shape that you'd like to be? Time, a little bit of laziness. Uh, most of it's time. Uh, I got in pretty damn good shape earlier this year. I was jacked. Um, I had lost about 30 pounds and put on about seven, eight pounds of muscle. I was, I was really loving the way I was um, this spring. Um, I'll, I'll get back to there. A lot of it is timed with my job. I work 70 hours a week, um, from Memorial day till middle of October at 70 hours a week. And then I have this YouTube thing and I have other things that are going to, I volunteer a lot of time and stuff with the VA around here. Um, I have a lot of things going on. And so what's going to miss is probably the workout. Uh, could I get up at an extra hour early and probably get a good workout in? Yeah, I could. And it's going to end up being lazy, honestly, time and laziness. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that I, I can be very, very lazy uh, in certain aspects of my life uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, it really only comes down to time and laziness. Um, like I said, I'm not in bad shape by any means for 46. The spring, I was the summer, early summer, man, I was I was as good a shape I've been in a long time. Uh, like I said, I'd lost about 30 pounds, put on about eight pounds of muscle, and I was feeling really, really good. But it is what it is. Um, oh, let's see here. Um, I heard that a few Marines who have done their contract sign up for buds and a few passed to become SEALs. Is this true? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know... Uh, so a Marine, let's say does a four-year contract, uh, gets out and wants to make a lot move to the Navy to try to go to BUDS and, and what they'll probably end up doing. I can't, I cannot verify this because I didn't, I didn't do it. But what I would imagine um, is that a Marine, whether it's four, eight, whatever it would be, 12 years, whatever they do their time, they do their contract, their times, they, 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 they get out of the Marine Corps and they want a lot move over to the Navy. Um they can probably go and literally enlist with a buds contract saying that you're going to go straight to buds. Now they might have to go to Navy boot camp. I don't know. They probably don't, but they might. I know that any, any other branch, at least it was when I was in any other branch that wants to come to the Marine Corps, you had to go through Marine Corps boot camp. at the time. If a Marine went to another branch, most branches didn't force us to go to boot camp. They figured, what's the point? But any other, whether it's Air Force, Navy, Army, if they got out and tried to join the Marines, they had to go to our boot camp. Um, that was done. But I would imagine that if, if a Marine gets out 
and wants to try to go to buds, then if if they pass a screening and all of that stuff and talk to whoever they need to talk to, they probably could get a buds contract, which says they're going to go straight to buds. And whatever happens at that point, you have the opportunity. Whatever happens, happens. Understand this. You go to buds, okay? And if you're under a buds contract, it means you really don't go in with an MOS to the Navy. You're going to buds, try to go be SEAL. It's like an 80% attrition rate. So if you start out with 100 people, only 20 of them are going to graduate. Well, what happens to those other 80 people? So you're at the mercy of the Navy at that point. If you go in with a BUDS contract and you don't make it and you don't become a SEAL, then the Navy will put you into whatever job they need to fulfill quotas with. It could be scrubbing uh, the decks of the freaking ship or a cook, whatever, you know, not, nothing against any of those, but you could, you're going to go into trying to be this warrior and you might end up doing some really job, bad job that you have no desire to do. That's part of it. You go in with that kind of contract and you don't make it to be a seal. You're at the mercy of the Navy at that point. Just remember that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 80s an absolute ton of sit-ups in two minutes, by the way. Yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was 80 in two minutes. Like I said, I try to get to 50 that first minute and then kind of I'm not saying coasted, but I knew that I was going to be burning and, and not be, but yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. Um, it, it's not, and you don't have to get 80 to pass 80 was, was get a perfect score in the sit-ups. Uh, I want to say it was like maybe 40 or something like that in two minutes to actually pass. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but the 80 was to get a perfect score in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts. It's not fun. But uh, Matt says, later, guys, I'm going to go eat a cold can of SpaghettiOs. Doesn't sound half bad, actually. Um, frosty and glazed donuts. I'll go with glazed donuts. Hell, yeah. Um, Mandatory carry says transfer from any branch to the Coast Guard requires boot camp. Why for Marines? Don't ask me. I, I, that very well could be. And I don't know. They all could require it now. I just remember when I was in, we had uh, we had a couple guys that were uh, Army, uh, prior Army, and they, they had to go through boot camp. And we had a guy that got out and needed to be closer to home for family sickness reasons and all that. And there was an army base kind of close to where his family was. I remember he got out and talked to the army guy and basically asked if I go in, he wouldn't stay in the military. He says, if I go in, can I be guaranteed to be at this base? And they worked out a deal. He'd been in for like eight years in the Marine Corps. They worked out a deal where he didn't have to go to boot camp and he was going to be promised to um be stationed at that base and so he took that deal but yeah for sure uh mario says well hello thou hello thou how are you um warrior equals cook what the hell what i must have missed something i don't know once again um what, no call-in number? Not on this one. Uh, on the armed citizen, I have no problem. Unless someone's a veteran wants to have, tell a story or something like that or have a question about me. I don't mind having you call in. Pat, you know the number. You can call in if you want. Um, but I, I would rather keep it military. Um, 
centric. So yeah, if you want to call in, by all means, brother, call in. Um, you know the number, obviously. Um, Pat calls in quite a bit. Um, there is another question. This is a kind of an interesting one. Um, <laughs> one of the questions was, uh, so I have seen in pictures and in several videos that you're still wearing dog tags. Are they yours or somebody else's? So they are not mine. I do not. I do wear. I do wear a dog tag. Uh, mine are right there. Uh, so I do not wear my own dog tags. Um, what this one is, though, is a battlefield cross, um, and it's just kind of a, uh, and it's got all the different wars and all that stuff. But it's just it's it's a it's a really cool. It's a real heavy one, but. It, I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's a battlefield cross uh, dog tag. That's what I wear on a daily basis. But, uh, but yeah, um, no, I don't wear my own dog tags. I've, I've got mine right there. Um, so yeah, Pat says he's just kidding. Hey man, I got no problem. You want to call? Call. Let's just kind of keep it military stuff. This is an armed citizen, so we can we can talk about guns, but in the sense of maybe military stuff like that. I got no problem talking about military guns, stuff I've shot or whatever um and all of that but uh yeah uh call in i got no problem with that pat got no problem with it um let's see here let me call let's see in here did i see anything okay so uh i got another one and it says i know the marine k bar is supposed to be a great knife but it doesn't look like it'd be a knife that would be good to carry on a daily basis. Do you carry a knife? And if so, what kind? Yes. Um, oh, snap. So gun loving grandpa's a new channel member. So thank you um, over there on the YouTube side. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you very, very much. Appreciate you. Buck's a good friend. Of mine. He lives about 40 minutes from me. So we, we hang out quite a bit and, uh, Buck's a great guy. Thank you, Buck. Appreciate it. Uh, so as far as knives, yeah, I, I do carry a knife every day. Sometimes I carry a couple of them, uh, different kinds. The, the the one that I carry the most is this one, um, and it's it's a karambit, and um, I, I love this knife. Um, it's more of a fighting knife, but it's still very, very sharp. I'll be able to cut envelopes or boxes or whatever. I can do anything a normal knife would do, but... Um, it's 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 a fighting knife um so i i, I have many karambits a karambit's my favorite blade um but as far as what i carry this is the one that i carry most days but i carry all sorts of different kind of knives but yeah i've always carried a knife on me um should i get that back in my pocket real quick uh but yeah that's that's yeah i always carry a knife and no i do not carry a k-bar i have a couple different k-bars I uh, keep one of my vehicle, uh, it's my survival knife and all that. They're great knives, but they're big, they're bulky. They are not conducive to carrying on your person. But yeah, I've got, uh, matter of fact, nope, I thought I had one over here. Uh, but I got one in my truck. Um, keep. I, I got a few K-bars. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, G23 says, I have my dad's dog tags. That's awesome. Um, man, I don't know. My grand, my dad didn't serve. Um, my grandpa was in Germany during World War II, 
and I don't know where all this stuff went. I know at one point my dad had a lot of his military stuff when he died. I don't even know if they had dog tags back in World War II. Don't quote me. I think they, I'm sure they did. But I remember my dad had a bunch. I don't know where that stuff is. I wish I did. I wish I did. But um, yeah, I don't know. My old stuff is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Ricardo, another channel member out there. Thank you, brother. Five dollars super chat. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a party. I, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, I don't know, eight or nine channel members. That's awesome. Thank you to all of you guys. It's, it's, it's really. Um, what brand of karambit is this one? Oh hell, I don't know. Wartech. This one is. It's not the most expensive thing in the world. Wartech. It's probably like a $25, $30 knife. It's nothing special, but I like it. It feels good in my hand. It's a good weight. It's a good size. I've got bigger ones. I've got smaller ones. Uh, but this is like the perfect size for me, for my small-ass hands. Um, so this is a Wartech. I don't know if they're good or not, but I haven't had a problem with it, and I like it. So Shout out to Wartech. Shout out to Wartech. Great knife. Really do like it. Uh, let's get this off. Um, let's see here. I'll check it out. Okay. Yeah. Wartech. Um, yeah. Wartech. So, yeah. That's about it. So, we've been going about a little over an hour. Uh, it's kind of where I wanted to go, but I, I can stick around if you guys have any other questions or comments or whatever. I got nothing going on. I have no life whatsoever. Uh, it's a Friday night, and I'm I'm, I'm here. I've enjoyed this. It's like I said, this is the first time um, we've done the Jarhead podcast live, but we had some questions one get answered, and some great questions about the chat. It was fun. Um, thanks to everyone that did a super chat. It was really awesome. Connor D, yo, what's up? G23 says a shill moment. Yes, they asked me what kind of knife I'm carrying today. So ask me what brand I'm gonna I'm gonna shill. I don't I didn't they didn't give it to me. I bought it. Uh but it is what it is. Uh mandatory carry says I sent Jarhead Podcast an email. Okay, let me go see if I've got it. Might not have come through yet. Our email is jarhead at ghosttactical.us. It's in the description below if you want to send us something. Um Mandatory care. I haven't gotten it yet, brother, but we will uh we'll see. Appreciate you. Uh Dom's vibration. Oh, vibranium bicep. Love the name, dude. Said, hey man, thanks for doing this. Thoughts on how the stick mandate will affect operations in the DOD. 499 super chat. Thank you, brother. Um I was reading something the other day. And I want to say that this was like the Marine Corps Times or something. I can't speak for any other branches. I can't even really speak for um, the Marine Corps in this scenario. But I was reading like the Marine Corps Times or something. It was an article. And I want to say it was like 92% of the Marine Corps were vaccinated. And the other eight, uh, they it's already past the time to be vaccinated by the time the deadline is. Um How do I put this? Um, it will affect operations. Um, 
Certainly. If, if the um, Connor says, "Oh, your channel is great. Keep up the great way, man. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you." Um, as far as operations with the, the mandate for the vaccine, I will say this: um, if it's enforced and they actually do pull you from training and and all that they said that they're going to do then absolutely operationally it can affect and it's going to affect small units especially whether it's a a squad movement or especially a fire team movement um you know fire teams we worked a lot of informant fire teams and if let's say you're the point guy you're the one guy um and you're not vaccinated and they actually enforce that and they pull you out of your four-man team that's a three-man team not only do they have to maybe replace that someone but they have to replace their point guy who's a crucial person in that in that team what if they what if they pull out the team leader or a squad leader a corporal or a sergeant gets pulled because of that um that's on them i mean i'm all for whatever they want to try to do but the question is will it affect operations it very well could. It's all going to come down to how is it implemented? How is it? Um, I mean, are they going to truly, truly enforce the mandate? If they do, there could be some some things that could be affected for sure. Um, so, yeah. Uh, G23 says, do you still read the Leatherneck? Is the Leatherneck still around? I haven't read that forever. Forever, uh, Leatherneck magazine. Uh, I guess they still have the Leatherneck. I mean, I haven't read the Leatherneck forever. Uh, I usually kind of do like the Marine Corps, Marine Corps Times and stuff. I honest to God, I didn't realize the Leatherneck was still around. I need to go start reading some of that stuff again. Uh, just kind of keep up what's going on. The answer to G23s is, is no, not in a long, long time. Um, but I might have to go back and start reading just to kind of keep up what's going on out there for sure. Like I said, I, I, I get email stuff about the Marine Corps Times. They have articles, and so I read some articles periodically. I don't even read that religiously i'm lucky i can read it all let's be honest um <laughs> but um but yeah um I, I don't i wish i did excuse me so we're at an hour and 10 minutes if you guys want to stick around go for it i've run out of things to talk about i've answered the questions a lot of the questions that were asked of me um so if you guys have any more questions we can hang out i got no problem hanging out whatsoever um, I know that Gizzard Gary is going to go live here in about 45 minutes to uh, 50 minutes or so. At, I think at the top of the hour, go check him out. Um, but if you guys have any questions, let's let's hear them. We can we can talk military stuff all night long. I got no problem. I love talking military stuff, which is ironic because when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not motivated at all. And I actually had a very strong, I'm not going to say hatred, a very strong distaste for the Marine Corps when I got out. I got out in 98 and it took the the towers falling for me to actually um, have a little bit more pride and be proud of what I did and forgive certain things and people. Um, oh, he said no foul territories under the weather. Okay, well, shit. 
we can go for a while if you want. <laughs> I'm not going to make this a marathon chat, but we can go. I, I got no problem. As long as my wife's cool with it. And when she's not, you'll know. She'll come bust into that door and start yelling at me. So I hear her on the phone talk with one of her girlfriends. So I guess it's all good right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I got out of the Marine Corps and really had a bad distaste for the Marine Corps. Completely unmotivated the last, you know, six to eight months that I was in. Just didn't give a shit. A lot of stuff happened. Um, really, I, I did my job well. Uh, I believe, you know, you know I might have to ask my captain about that. I did my job. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but I did at that point, I did the bare minimum. Uh, I still, I still had pride in my camis and, you know, I always pressed my camis, I spit shine boots, did my job well, but I let my hair grow to the absolute longest that the, um, requirements allowed, um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, it was just, I, I, I became a shit bag there for a little bit. It was after some stuff happened and I realized I wasn't going to reenlist, um, yeah, I, I was I was not the greatest Marine the last six, eight months, and, and I, I regret that. that was, that's one of my biggest regrets for sure. Um, but yeah, when I got out, I had a bad distaste. I didn't want to tell anybody I was a Marine. I didn't want to tell anybody anything about that part of my life. Um, it took the towers falling for me to say, you know, what the hell am I doing? Um, and then, yeah, so it became, I remember what I did and why I was proud of, of what I did, and and all that stuff, but um, it is what it is. When the wife says it's done, Ghost gets a sandal. I get a nine iron to the head. Sandal would be nice. I get golf clubs swung at my ass. <laughs> uh, Mandatory carries is the only human being Arlie Ermey was ever afraid of, and his was his wife. Goddamn right. I promise you that shit. Born to be a shooter, Josh out there says they're going to mandate vaccine. Vaccine soldiers, but God forbid the hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world walking across the border right now. That's what it is. Um, what was your rank at discharge E4? Yeah, I was a corporal. Non-commissioned officer, but E4, yeah. I did my time. Uh, I wanted to get back into the job that I went to school for. Wanted to get back to a different... I love the, the unit that I was in. I love some of the people. I really hated a couple people that were after about three or four of us, like truly after us, made our life a living fucking hell. Um, if they would have allowed me to go back into the job that I went to school for or go back over to Okinawa, if I could have gotten back to Okinawa and our sister unit over there, uh, it would have been a three-year accompany towards I was married, and it would have been a three-year accompany tour, which you know, my wife could have gone with on-base housing. She's from Okinawa, so that's why I was really trying to get over there. They didn't have the slots available. Uh, couldn't do that. So at that point, um, I decided, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Uh, once again, I was very – I was pissed off. A lot of bullshit that was happening. A couple people just fucking hated them, um, and they hated me, and it was no, there was no, uh, no mystery about that. They hated a couple of them hated like three or four of us, and they just really just try to make our lives hell. It is was I was a young little bitch. I was a twenty when I got out. I was twenty three. Twenty three when I got out, I was a, I was a little bitch, man. Uh, didn't know anything about the world as far as being being a grown up in society. 
you know, I, I knew how to be a Marine and I knew how to do all sorts of stuff, but I was a bitch and I let my smart ass and I let my ego and I let more importantly, I let my emotions um, put a tarnish on my time in the Marine Corps there towards the end. Obviously, I'm very, um, obviously very, very proud of it now and, and talk about it and uh, do a lot of stuff for Marines and for veterans um, and all of that. But yeah, uh, you can ask guys, some of the guys that I finished my, my enlistment up with and they'll say, yeah, he, he was not motivated. Um, I was not motivated. I, I was, and I was, I regret that. That's probably my biggest regret in life is, is how in certain ways, not always, I was a complete shit bag. Um, but I had an attitude problem and, um, I regret that. So for sure. Uh, Jesse's holy crap. She's a nine iron, a woman after my heart. Yeah. 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 Nine irons. Nine irons are her uh, go-to. Actually, her putters are a go-to, but my putters are very expensive, so I told her to put the putter down and grab an iron. She seems to like the nine iron. It is what it is, and I probably deserve it. So, all right, uh, hour 16, hour 17 minutes. Any more questions? I'm going to give it a couple more minutes, um, and, and then we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. But, yeah, it was fun. Thank you guys for joining for the very first um, – very first, probably do this maybe once a month or, or so, but uh, very first Jarhead podcast live, little Q&A session and all of that. Had a, had a fun. Thanks for you guys for spending your time on a, on a Friday night and all that. Uh, any more questions, I'll give you, like I said, I'll give you about two and a half more minutes. We'll go to an hour and 20 minutes. And if, if nothing else, then we'll go ahead and, and let you guys enjoy the rest of your night. But yeah, it was, it's been fun. Uh, definitely going to do this. I, I love going live. I love the interaction between you guys and I love the questions and all that. Uh, you kind of maybe get to pull a curtain behind me a little bit, you know, kind of see the inside. And I like that. I like that side of it. And I get to know you guys what better. I've been doing the live stuff for over 220 shows in the arm system, but this is the first, um, this is the first, uh, jarhead clover comes in, right? As we're getting ready to get out of here, unless we start talking about some other stuff. He says, is, is it true this podcast is sponsored by Rose Art? The hell is Rose Art? Am I, am I missing something here? Is that like a, a weird thing or something? I, I, I don't know. No idea what the hell Rose Art is. It sucks when someone's dumb and, and stupid that doesn't get the joke because it's it's not as funny if it just goes right over my head. Maybe I missed it. Um, out of the four, which would you say is the easiest? Cherry Point, Pendleton, Lejeune, the other Marine base close to Pendleton. So which one is the easiest? Like, what do you mean easiest? Um, I hate it. I, I was only at Lejeune for a few weeks, a couple of weeks, uh, doing some classes. Um, Rose Art is a crayon company. Well, that makes fucking sense. Thanks, Gary. Uh, I'm a Crayola guy, as you can see. I'm more of a Crayola guy. They, they taste better. Um, and the shelf life's a little bit longer. A little bit, little bit better quality ingredients. Um, aftertaste is much better with Crayola. Some of the cheap crayons, they might taste good at first, but the aftertaste will get you. 
Crayola is pretty smooth all the way down and all of that. So I'm, I'm a Crayola guy. They taste a lot better to me. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, easiest, I'm not really sure what you mean by easiest. Uh, I spent some time at at, uh, at Lejeune doing some schools, but was never stationed there. I was stationed at Pendleton. was stationed over at Okinawa. Um, as far as bases, I was at Camp Hansen and Camp Courtney. Did a lot of stuff at Camp Schwab over in Okinawa. Did a lot of stuff at... How was that other one way up north? We had jungle training and jumps and all that. Gonzalez or I think it was like Gonzalez or it was way up north in Okinawa. I don't even know if it's still around. Um, Gonzalez or something like that. I remember. But uh, anyways, in Pendleton, uh, I spent some time at 29 the stumps, 29 palms for a little bit. But uh, most times at Pendleton. And 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 um, I spent some time over at Lejeune for a couple, like a little, a short little school, about two or three weeks, I think. Didn't like Lejeune. Um, not that it was a bad place. I just, I, I wanted to be in Pendleton on the West Coast, San Diego, or I wanted to be in Japan. Um, I guess you know, I like warmer weather, probably. I guess I don't know. Um, thanks for and Pat says thanks for coming out, folks. Enjoy the chat, ghost. God bless America. I, yeah, absolutely. God bless me. Thank you for all that you do, man. Pat, I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, so we've gone hour and twenty one minutes. Okay, easiest is most laid back, and there is no such thing as laid back in the Marine Corps unless you're swinging with the wing. Um, the air wing they can get pretty lackadaisical, um, a little bit. Um, we always call the air wing swinging with the wing. They're just, it is what it is. Um, but there's not a laid back. I mean, I don't know. Pendleton, you're, you're in Southern California. So we're talking like maybe like after work, hanging out at the beach and all that. Yeah. San Diego is awesome. You know, the whole ocean side, we lived in Vista and then in Carlsbad, um, ocean side area. But yeah, San Diego is awesome. Hour somewhat from from LA, an hour from or so, forty five minutes from San Diego is pretty laid back. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Laid back is a relative term when it comes to the Marine Corps, so it is what it is. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching the the very first one of many. I think we're going to start doing this more often. I really enjoyed it. The Jarhead Podcast Live. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. Make sure that uh, you help out. Maybe find something to help out in the veterans during the holidays, especially uh, helping out people that are active duty overseas. Send a care package. Send a letter. Just thank them. Understand that uh, they can't be home with their families for Christmas, um, Hanukkah, or whatever. But uh, they can't be home during the Christmas season. Keep them in the back of your mind as well. So, guys, appreciate you very much. We shall see you soon. Simplify. You will treat all Marines with the highest level of respect, for we have earned our place as Marines, and we'll accept nothing less than that from you! This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it, as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless.